Press means to apply force. When God said press, prayer reaches every single situation. He gave us permission to apply force to every situation that we will go through. And in this podcast, we are going to learn to apply force to what's applying pressure to us. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Press Podcast, where we believe that prayer reaches every single situation. And it's not just a hypothesis. This is what we know. We know that with God, all things are possible. We know that when we connect with God, ultimately the decisions are His, but He lets us know Him and even His heart behind the decisions He allows in our lives. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that we're taking this prayer journey together. I'm definitely going to call it a prayer journey because I believe that we are growing and getting to know God together and that this is a walk. This is not a race. This is not a one-time event. We don't master prayer. No. I am in pursuit of God, and I believe you are too, and we are in pursuit of knowing God. What I want to do in this portion of the Press Podcast as we're journeying together is study what makes God respond, what makes Him react, what makes Him say yes, what makes Him say no, how do we handle His no's and His yeses. I want to look at the Bible as a script for us. It is the scripture. It is the layout and the plan of who God has been, who He will be. And it teaches us just how he will act. So I like to look at the script because the script tells me about his character. God never changes. The way he has interacted with man has changed throughout time, but he has never changed. In this prayer journey, we're going to look at over 100 prayers in the Bible. There are more prayers in the Bible. There's more references to prayer and there are more times when prayer is mentioned in the Bible. But we're going to look at the prayers where the Lord actually responded to people's words that we can see. We want to see how God responded. We want to see how he reacted. We want to know how he responds when we cry out. So the first prayer is actually in Genesis 15. When we get to Genesis 15, Abram, who is not yet Abraham, has a vision. And the Lord tells him, Fear not, Abram, for I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord, what will thou give me, seeing that I go childless? And the servant of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my heir. And so Abram's praying, God, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to give me? I don't have a child yet. And right now, as it stands, somebody else is going to get my entire inheritance who is not of my bloodline. Mind you, Abram had already received the promise of God in Genesis 12. He told, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And Abram believed it. He was called out of his land, the land of Ur, and he moved. He followed God. He left behind his country, his people, and all that he knew. And the courage it must have taken to do that is just amazing to me. You know, I don't read the Bible like it's just a story. I look and say, wow, these were people. These were people. Abram was a person. He was a person who left what he knew, what he wanted, what he had built, what he had worked for. He left family. He left heritage following the promise of God. And here we are many years later, and this promise does not seem to be happening yet. And so he's asking God when the Lord comes to him in a vision, what are you going to give me? And he called him Lord God in the prayer. He acknowledged you're the master, you reign, but I need to know, are you still going to do this for me? And behold, verse four of chapter 15 says, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, this shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. 
God reminded him again, I'm going to do exactly what I said I'm going to do. You're going to have more children and offspring than the stars in the sky. And the Bible said that Abram believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. In Abram's journey, now that he's left everything and he believes the promises of God, we can still see that he comes to a place where he needs to hear the promise of God again. He needs God to talk to him again. It is okay and God understands when sometimes we need him to speak to us again. We have to recognize that he does not have to speak to us again. And there are times we must just remember and stir up what he's already said to us. But he understands. He didn't throw him away. He didn't say, wow, you should have believed me the first time. We know that Abraham was walking the walk of a believer. He was walking it out. He was following him. But his heart needed God to speak again. And when the Bible says in verse 6 that he believed the Lord and the Lord counted it for him to righteousness, I looked at that and I was in amazement because God did not hold against him that he was human. He didn't hold it against him that he had questions. Abram didn't detour from what was right or go off the hinges and needed his confirmation, but he waited on the Lord and he stayed where the Lord had put him and he stuck with what God has said until his unbelief was handled in prayer by the Lord. It is possible to believe God and still be wrestling with your reality. Sometimes reality does not look like anything that the Lord has said. Sometimes you have to wait on your reality to catch up with what God is telling you. But in that meantime, while we're waiting, you have to ask God for help. There is nobody else to ask. Nobody can make God do anything. If he doesn't move, if he doesn't speak, if he doesn't heal, if he doesn't deliver, there is literally no one that can make God do it. But when you find yourself fighting to believe God and needing to hear from him again, go back to him. Go to the source of your first faith. Go back to the one that you believed the first time, the one who got you out here. I'm reminded of Peter. When he asked the Lord to let him walk on water, the Bible says that there was a great storm in Matthew 14. It says that it was during the fourth watch of the night that Jesus went walking on the sea. It's the middle of the night and Jesus told us to walk on the sea. And the disciples saw him and they're troubled and they're crying. They're saying, it's a spirit, we're afraid. But straightway Jesus spake unto them. And he said, be of good cheer, it is I, and be not afraid. And Peter answered him in Matthew 14, 28, If it be thou, bid me come to thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked down on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he beginning to sink. And he cried, Lord, save me. Wouldn't it have been insane or crazy if instead of crying for the Lord to save him, Peter started crying out to the disciples or still on the boat. That would have been such a mistake. Jesus is still walking on the water. He's fine. Peter's the one who got out there and got distracted by his reality. He was distracted by being encompassed by the storm. He was surrounded by the storm and he felt the power of the storm and saw the waves firsthand. He saw them as he was walking on this unsteady water and he began to cry out. He saw those things before he got out there. He knew they were there already. Why would he let them take his attention away when he's getting so much closer to Jesus? Nothing had changed. 
except for the amount of attention that Peter was paying to the storm. His proximity to the storm changed. But while his proximity to the storm changed, his proximity to Jesus also changed. He was getting closer to Jesus in the storm. When you find yourself in a faith fight, go back to the first source of your faith. Don't say that didn't work. I'm done. That doesn't make any sense. No, his power is intact. His power is not moved by your distractions. His power is not moved by your reality. The word that allowed Peter to come stood intact, but his focus needed to be refocused so the Lord could save him. Abram did something similar when he said, God, I need you to talk to me again. I need you to give me a sign. I know you did it way back then, but I need you to do it now. And it's funny that the Lord pretty much gave him what he asked for. He let him know, I still want to do this in you. I've not changed my mind. God did not count the fact that he needed to hear it again against him, but rather it's noted that he counted it for righteousness. God views Abram needing to know again as evidence of knowing that Abram was right. Why? Because Abram knew where to go. He didn't let his reality change his course. He learned to serve God with questions. Abram didn't give up on what God said. He didn't choose a different walk or talk. He learned to stay and wait on the Lord. I'm telling somebody today, as we're praying, and life does not always look like what we expected it to look like, sometimes life in the moment doesn't look like what God said it would be. But we have to deal with the living part, the situations that come even before we see the reality of the word of God sometimes. It may not always look like what God said, but he does know how to bring it to pass. God is going to do what he said. He is not depending upon anything but himself to make his word come to pass. His word is what he depends on. He is his own evidence. He is his own source. He is his own power. He is his own truth. So when he says it, he doesn't need to build evidence for you to see or for me to see. But when we find ourselves waiting on the Lord and reality doesn't match our expectations or his word, it is okay to say, Lord, I need more of you. But whatever you do, don't leave your first source of faith. Don't look for that strength anywhere else. When you go to God in prayer, be honest with him about what you need. Tell him what you need. Ask him for what you need and wait on him to be the source that you need once again. It is not lost on me that this is the first recorded prayer in the Bible. I literally think that's amazing. I don't know who prayed before Abram. I'm sure somebody did. Noah, Abel, someone did. But this is the first time that we get to see what the person prayed and how they approached God. And the way Abram approached him was with respect, but it was also with expectation and knowing that he could meet the need. This is something that we are to have in common with Abram. We're going to the source. I pray that you're challenged to pray today. I pray that you take a moment and really open your heart, mind, and mouth to commune with God. Ask him for what you need. God bless you. And don't forget to press because prayer really does reach every single situation. Join the movement. Join the community. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Visit us at presstopray.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. 
Did you know that when you are quiet, your voice is missing to God's ears? I know some of us have prayed and we're wondering, how long should I pray about this? Why should I pray if God already knows? How will I know God is answering? And what do I do when I feel like God's not listening? But God is listening for your voice. It's too quiet in this world for the troubles we have. You have to raise your voice and God wants to hear from you. It's Too Quiet, a book about prayer. It's designed to answer your prayer questions and build your faith. Visit PressToPray.com.